Hey friends, before we start the show, I want to invite you to check out my brand new free training all about how you can start your own freelance business from home. In this completely free one hour training, I am going to share with you exactly how I was able to leave my full-time teaching job and replace my income by freelancing and how you can do the same thing too. We're going to talk about how you can find skills that you already have and what services you can offer, as well as what you need to actually get started today. So you can go check out my brand new free training. It's my gift to you at aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. That's aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. And we will link that up in the show notes for you. All right, now let's go ahead and dive on into the show. Hey friends, welcome to the show or welcome back if you are a loyal listener. I am so, so, so excited about today's podcast interview. Usually with podcast interviews, we batch out months in advance. So usually if we're recording an episode with a guest in October, chances are that episode probably won't come out until January or February just because we have things batched out. But I recorded this guest interview with our guest today, Leslie Pyle, and I knew that it had to immediately come out because it was so gold. And I know that a lot of you have asked me about this and you're wanting to know, like, can I actually use this? Is this a reliable way? And this, what I'm talking about is HireMyMom.com. So I brought on Leslie Pyle to share with us all about HireMyMom.com. Is this a reliable way to find clients? What does HireMyMom.com look like? How do you find clients? What makes HireMyMom.com different than all the other websites out there? And if you've been listening for a while, you know that freelancing websites usually aren't a way that I talk about finding clients. And that is going to stop today because I am such a fan of HireMyMom.com. I love everything that Leslie stands for, her story, how this came to be, the safeguards that she has in place for both clients using her website and also freelancers who are coming on in hopes to find jobs. And this is something that I'm definitely going to be promoting and sharing more about because I, now that I've had a chance to talk to Leslie about it and what her website stands for and everything that goes into it, I am a firm believer that this is a really great way for you to find clients, especially if you are just getting started. So we're going to dive into all the things Hire My Mom in this episode. You're not going to want to miss it. Let's go Go ahead, let's go meet Leslie and learn all about a way to find clients using her platform. Welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. This is the podcast for overwhelmed freelancers who are ready to simplify and scale their business so they can earn more and stress less. I'm your host, Aubrey Malik, and I'm a former elementary teacher who launched my own freelancing business, and now I want to share all my secrets with you. Each week, I'll be sharing business strategy, systems, and tactical tips that you can take into your business today so you can finally step into that CEO role you desire. Let's dive on into the show. Well, hey there, Leslie. I am so excited to chat with you today and to dive into this conversation. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Aubrey. I'm so excited to be with you as well. Yeah. All right. I want to dive in. I know we have a lot to talk about today, but I want to give you a chance to just introduce yourself in your own words to my audience. Just let them know a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So my name is Leslie Pyle, and I am the founder and owner of HireMyMom.com, which is a remote job platform, primarily for moms, obviously, and small businesses here in North America. 
Awesome. And talk to us a little bit about like how that came to be, like what inspired you to create this? I love hearing the backstory of like how things, you know, like the origin stories. Yeah. So probably like you and a lot of your listeners, what spurred me on was having my first baby. So she's now 28. So I've been at this for quite some time. But when I had her, I had just started my first job after finishing my master's degree. So you might imagine that I didn't have any aspirations to be a stay-at-home mom. I was planning to climb that corporate ladder all the way to the top. So when I took maternity leave, I told them, yes, I'm coming back. I love what I'm doing and I want to continue working. Fast forward, baby's born. I fall completely in love, head over heels. And I thought, okay, I've got six weeks. How am I going to ever leave her in someone else's care? Um, And so, you know, as hard as it was, I did because I, I wanted to keep my word. So I went back to work and I cried every single day. I could not bear the fact of giving my baby to someone who didn't love her like me. You know, it was a daycare and nobody that I knew. So it made it even harder. And so after a couple of weeks, I was like, I can't do this. I thought I could, but I can't. So what are my options? And my husband and I had been talking about it. We knew I had to work because we had just bought our first home, very modest, but it was a home with the, you know, a mortgage payment. So we looked at how could I begin freelancing because my employer, not surprisingly, was not open to any kind of flex time or anything. This was, you know, 1995. And so I took the leap, began freelancing, and I was so motivated and so determined because I didn't want to leave her again in a daycare that I hit the ground running. And so I just went out and tried to get as many clients as I could. And this was before the internet had really Mm -hmm. started. So it was like, you know, door to door and phone calls and the harder stuff to me. And we also had to cut our budget everywhere that we could to even make that leap. So we sold one car. So we became a one car family because that car had no car payment. We cut out cable TV and every non-essential bill that we had. We ate a lot of ramen noodles, which we were used to because we put ourselves through college. Um, So we sacrificed in those early days and really lived on the bare minimum. And it took, you know, it takes time to get clients established. And so slowly I was able to get some income rolling in. And then I was like, okay, where are the other people doing this? I cannot be the only mom that is trying to make this happen. And so that's when I first began learning of the internet. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if I could somehow bring all these moms together and we could learn from each other, we could support each other, we could buy from each other, kind of like a chamber of commerce, because there were no such thing as remote job platforms back then. And so I taught myself how to build a website way back then and created this online Uh, association for moms who worked at home or wanted to work at home and charged. There was a free membership and there was a paid membership and then there was paid advertising. So that's how I generated revenue from it. And I did that for about 14 years. And then in 2007, I thought, okay, I'm seeing the, the shift in our business culture where more people are working from home, but businesses are still not there as far as openly hiring. But I thought, what if I could create a platform? And I always joked that it was like match.com in the back of my head. I was like, for moms or really anyone, but primarily moms looking for remote work and small businesses that are looking to hire, if I could be a matchmaker of sorts. So that's where the idea of hiring my mom 
was born because I just wanted to help other moms who just wanted to find a job and be able to work from home. And so early on, the business model was post a job for free because I want to prove to you that these women will do a great job if you'll just give them a chance. And mm-hmm. so that's how it all began. Oh my gosh, what an amazing story. And I'm like, I mean, it's really interesting because I was just recording a training and saying like kind of, because some people still don't even know what freelancing is. It still feels very foreign, but I think like you're hearing your story is proof. Like this, this has been around for quite some time. It's not something just new. It's not something that's just going to be a flash in the pan, but I, and I love how you were saying like it was going door to door. So how were you doing this freelance work or like what were you doing in those beginning stages with those first couple of clients that you found? Yeah. So my, uh, background was journalism. My undergrad was journalism and then my master's was PR and marketing. So I basically went out and was like, I can do, you know, your newsletters. I can do um, press releases. This was when everything was still mailed out, anything communication oriented marketing. Um, So that's what I did. I was designing logos. I was creating uh, one of the places I worked for was an association for CPAs. So I did all their monthly communications and newsletters and things like that. And none of them knew that I worked from home. I I didn't lie. They just never asked and I never offered it. So anytime we had meetings, I met, I would say, oh, I can come to you. I'll meet at your office. And that was convenient for them. So they always said yes. So I never had to say I work from home because back then it would have been viewed as unprofessional. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was, that was going to be my next question is like, would it, like, did, did you have to do some convincing uh, or like kind of explaining like, this is how I work and this is how it's still going to be really beneficial for you. Cause that's something that I teach a lot of my students is even brick and mortar businesses can use your support, your remote support, but you might have to do a little bit of that educating because for them, in their mind, they're thinking, I have to have an employee that can be in the building and can do these things and how you can actually work virtually. So it's interesting that they didn't, it was like, um, they didn't ask and I didn't tell them. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And you can, you can do the same work, whether you're in their building or at your office. And I think, you know, studies have shown productivity goes up a lot of times for people that work from home because they don't have the office interactions and distractions and things that they would normally. So yeah, yeah, definitely. And thankfully, I mean, one good thing that came out of COVID is a lot of businesses were forced to work remotely. So it opened up the idea to a lot more businesses, which is great for people that are looking to freelance. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you said really kind of hire my mom, like the premise of it, of being this online job platform where businesses could post really it, that happened in 2007. Is that what you said? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then talk to us about how, I mean, now it's, it's been around for quite some time, which is just like so surprising to me that it's, it stood the test of time too. So kudos to you mm-hmm. for that. Talk to me about that, how that has evolved into like what it looks like now and how um, can a mom who's listening to this, who, you know, they've started the business, they know they want to do this, but that that is a big fear of theirs. It's like, I'm not going to find the clients. I'm not, that feels scary to me to put myself out there. I've never done that. So talk to them about like how hire my mom can really help them. Yeah. So back when I started this, there were really very few job, uh, job boards like that were remote oriented. I know of one, but all the other ones are new, newer, because mm-hmm. um, we've been around 16 years. So like Upwork and Fiverr, 
that one of the things that's different about them is one, they're global. So you're competing against people in the Philippines and all over the world um, who probably are charging way less than you want to make. Um, and we've geared ours just towards more North America so that we can one, protect the uh, wages of people here. And two, because a lot of the small businesses we've found are looking for people in or near their time zone who are familiar with U.S. business culture and who are fluent in English, especially for customer facing roles, because um, customers get frustrated when they can't understand the person. So mm -hmm. those are a few things that are different. And then I would say for the mom that's kind of um, a little bit fearful of putting herself out there, number one on Hire My Mom, your profile is not visible to anyone unless you apply for a job. So you're anonymous. For instance, if you have a full-time job and you don't want anyone to know you're trying to get the side gig going. Um, and two, we have tons of resources on helping you um, in that process on resumes and cover letters and interview skills and things like that, because it can be a little bit scary in the initial stages, but really you don't have anything to fear. You're going to get some no's. Everybody does. The best of the best get no's because you're not going to be the perfect match for everything that you apply for. So just be prepared for that and don't let it like... Um, affect your self-esteem. Just, you know, pull up your bootstraps and say, okay, that wasn't the one I'm going to keep on. And you might have to keep on for a few weeks, a few months until you find that right fit, but just persevere because the right fit is out there. It's just a matter of finding it and putting your best foot forward. Yeah, absolutely. So then talk to me about the other side of things for like the business owner who comes to you. Um, what does that process look like for you? They're looking to hire. Um, and then so how do they they post about what they're looking for? And then how does that go out to the people who have the profile on Hire My Mom? Yeah. So um, a, a business owner would come and they would put their job post on Hire My Mom. And then from there, it goes to our process of making sure it's a legitimate job. We do our best to weed out any scams or any multi-level marketing or anything like that. So there's several steps that we go through and I'm proud to say that we almost never get anything that's not legitimate. Of course, there's some occasions where they're just, you know, doing everything they can to make it look legit. But for the most part, you know, we do our due process in that area. So once it's approved and posted on the site, then it becomes available for all of our uh, subscribers to apply for. And one of the things that small businesses tell us that they like about our platform is it's not free, which means they, they don't get inundated with thousands of applicants. Um, I had one business owner tell me they had 900 applicants in less than 24 hours on Indeed. And, you know, a lot of these are small business owners posting the job. It's not an HR department. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to hire in addition to doing everything else that they all do every day. So when they can post a job on Hire My Mom and get, you know, anywhere from like 20, 40, 50 applicants, that's much more manageable for them. And they tell me they feel like the, um, the candidates are better suited for what they're looking for than on those mega job boards that are just global. Um, so that's another benefit. You know, people say, I don't want to have to pay to find a job. And I understand that it does seem counterintuitive until you know why we do that. And we do that to save the small business owners time to get only really um, serious uh, applicants because you're wasting your time and their time if you're just going to the free job sites and posting 100 resumes out there, not really taking the time to do it well. So, you know, the 
the statistics and the percentages of getting higher are much higher because you aren't competing with all of those thousands of people all over the world. That's so amazing to hear because everything that you talked about and what your platform does was a lot of the reason that number one, I, when I was first getting started, I steered away from places like Fiverr or Upwork because I was like, there's going to be scams on there. I'm competing with a lot of people and, you know, there's people who charge way less than me and how am I going to stand out? Um, and so I love that you have those processes in place that really help that because that that's a big, another big fear too, is like, uh, I have people who are like, I, I got this message and this person wants to hire me. And, you know, it, like it kind of sounds too good to be true. And that's usually been my rule of thumb. Like if it sounds too good to be true, chances are it probably is. And so I love that you have those safeguards in place to really protect both sides of it. Um, so that's so amazing to hear. And then I totally agree with you. Even um, for me, when I just went through the process of hiring a virtual assistant, I got probably over 60 emails. And that was, I mean, that was a lot for me. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's hard. And that, and then I also too, like, I feel bad because I had people who were like following up and saying like, I, I understand you decided to go to some with somebody else. Is there, you know, is there anything that I could have done differently? And truly at that point, it was like, there, there was just so many applicants that, you know, at some point you have to try to figure out how to weed it down. So it is nice to know that, you know, with going through something like hire my mom, that you're not going to like, it, it makes it a little bit easier to um, get your foot in the door. And I love too what you said earlier about you're going to hear no's like that's just a part of the process. And you almost have to like set your set, set your expectations in the beginning of like, mm -hmm. okay, I know that I'm going to have to hear X amount of no's before I get that. Yeah. So if I can just kind of almost make it a game of like, okay, I got to know, check that one off, got to know. Um, and then each time learning a little bit more about how to make that better. So I, I do want to dive into that because I'm sure you've seen a lot, you know, you've seen a lot of things mm -hmm. done well on your platform. You've seen some things that maybe could use a little bit of improvement. So even if, you know, like there's not as many people that are, could potentially be applying for this job that's posted, what are some things that, potential applicants can do to really stand out or to make their mark um, when they know that I might just be another number. Maybe the number is not like super high. Maybe it's not like 900, like you said, but how can I stand mm -hmm. out to really make sure that this potential client recognizes me and recognizes my strengths, even if I might be a beginner? Yes, absolutely. It's a great question. I wish every applicant that came to hire my mom asked that because I feel like there's a lot of misses that people sign up and they don't do what they need to do. And then they're frustrated. They don't get hired. In fact, I just saw on Instagram, I think it was last week, somebody said, I've been on your site for, I don't know, two months, three months, and I haven't gotten anywhere. And so I private messaged her and I said, I'd be happy to review your cover letter and resume. Maybe I can provide a few pointers. So she sent me her cover letter. I mean, she did not even have a cover letter. She said, I've never used a cover letter. And I was like, okay, big, big mistake. Number one. Number two, her resume had all kinds of errors in it, like grammatical errors, punctuation errors. I mean, it was, it needed a lot of work. And so when you are applying for these jobs, you're not putting your best foot forward. And then you're frustrated and you blame the platform, whether that's hiring my mom or something else, you really have to do the work in advance. No one's going to hire you if you're not putting, because right now your job is to find a job. So treat it as a job. So the first thing, not surprisingly, is to have a well-written cover letter. That and a good resume are like gold. That is the only way you're going to get your foot in the door. And so 
your cover letter should always be customized for that specific job you're applying for. So even if you're applying for 10 virtual assistant jobs, you need to say, okay, here's what Aubrey values and what she's looking for. And I'm going to highlight that in my cover letter. And I'm going to tell her why this thing that she's looking for, why I'm the best candidate for. And I'm going to go to her website and I'm going to learn about her company, what she does. I'm going to go to her social media. I'm going to see what about her and her business resonates with me. And I'm going to point that out in my cover letter because Aubrey's going to go, wow, she did some extra work. She must really want this job, which tells me she's probably going to be a great candidate. If she's this interested in spending this much time, you're going to go to, for me, you're going to go top of my list. And so if, you know, several people are doing that, you still not be, may not be the one being hired. So don't let that be a deterrent, but that's number one. And you also, if you're applying for 10 different virtual assistant jobs, is your resume highlighting the skills and experience that each one of those is looking for? So you might really highlight some administrative strength you have on this resume, but if Aubrey's not looking for those strengths and you have the ones she's looking for, you need to make sure those are highlighted in your resume as well. So you might have multiple versions of just a virtual assistant resume, or if you're applying also for customer service or social media, you should tailor your resumes accordingly so that when they look at it, they're like, okay, wow, she does have some of these skills. And you may not have every skill they're looking for, but you should have a good majority of them, I would say. Um, I also think that sometimes people are just, their resumes are just so blah. Some, I think it's worth looking into some of the, the templates out there on Canva. And some people prefer black and white. We all have our individual preferences. So if that's you and you just like the standard traditional resume, that's fine. But I don't think that's going to prevent you from getting hired. But if you'd like to show a little bit of personality and color, look at some of those templates because I do feel like they're eye-catching. And um, they just provide, like, if your photos, it provides just a little bit of connection with mm -hmm. the person when they can see your face versus just your skills and experience. So, um yeah, I also, again, make, some, make sure you have someone proof your resume because there's nothing worse than seeing one full of grammatical errors, spelling errors, because then that tells the employer, oh, if she's, you know, not paying attention to her resume, she's probably not going to pay attention to the things she's doing for me. Mm -hmm. And almost every role you have is going to have communication, whether that's email, verbal, um, you need to be able to be a good communicator. So, um yeah, I have tons. I don't want to go on and on and on because I do have a freebie that I can offer your audience that has even more tips um, on how to stand out. But those are my initial ones as far as the cover letter and the resume. Yeah, I 100% agree with everything that you're saying. And that was even part of it. Like when I had those emails coming in for me, it, it you know, I'm not expecting somebody to just like bow down to me and be like, Aubrey's the best. Like, I, you know, but it, it did show just a little bit of initiative that where, you know, they, I could just, it, they didn't spend hours upon hours researching me and, you know, like writing a dissertation, but I could tell they went to my Instagram and they, you know, made a comment. They were like, your boys are so handsome. And I had something posted about Taylor Swift. And so they made, you know, like they were able to kind of make that reference there. And it just showed me okay, this person is taking that initiative like that for me too. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that there are people out there, other people that feel this way too. It's not always about the skills. Sure. Having the skills is great, but you're going to, if you're going to be working with this person, especially virtually like that, it's a little bit harder to build some of that 
um, team and that camaraderie, like you can in an office setting. So you want to have somebody who's, who's going to show some of those character traits and those qualities and just, you know, feel like it's going to mesh well. Um, and I completely agree on even, um, just like having a picture of yourself like that can make a difference, right? We want to be able to put a face to the name and just see. And I like, for me, I like, I start to envision, okay, like, what would it be like if this person was working with me? Um, so those Mm -hmm. are all really great tips and super, super helpful. And I think it, it takes, what it really boils down to is that it's going to take a little extra effort. You know, it does take a little extra effort to personalize that pitch and to, um, you know, put this together. And like, I am a firm believer in use a template to kind of get you started, but then personalize it, like do some things that will save you time. So it doesn't feel so heavy, heavy every single time, but show that you've gone the extra mile because there's going to be a lot of people that, that maybe have the same skills that you have. So how can you stand out? How can you be different than all the other people that are going to be showing up in that person's inbox or um, responding to that job post. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. It does make a huge difference. And, you know, like I said before, when you don't have a job, that is your job. So if you say, I don't have time to do all that, well, how are you going to have time for the job if you don't have time to put forth in applying? So yeah, it's time well spent and it reduces your frustration because when you're just throwing resumes out there, to anything and everything without taking the time, you're getting a lot of rejection and it takes a lot longer. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I, I am a firm believer in that. Like sometimes it's going to take a little bit of time in the beginning to set these mm-hmm. things up, but it's going to set you up for success. So then, you know, come, you know, the first couple of times you do it, the first couple of times you apply those first couple of times you hear it no, like it's going to, it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little bit, but it's just, you're setting yourself up for success. So I love that. Um, now I, I do want to touch on, like, I have a lot of people who, um, feel like they don't have a lot of the skills or they're just a beginner. Do you have any tips specifically for those beginners outside of like having the cover letter and the resume, like you mentioned to kind of getting their foot in the door? Like they see something that pops up and they think, God, you know, I could do this, but I don't have the skills or they're kind of nervous about that. Do you see that people, you know, business owners on your platform are willing to work with beginners who are kind of, you know, our moms, maybe they're stay at home moms. They don't have a ton of um, maybe that direct business experience. A lot of my audience are teachers, um, but they have a drive and a determination to be able to work remotely from home. So if you have anything to speak specifically to those beginners. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of people that fall in those categories, whether they've been a stay-at-home mom for a while and don't have recent work experience, or they're a teacher or another industry trying to transition to remote work. And one of the keys in this uh, particular circumstance is to look at your soft skills. A lot of people don't realize they have a ton of soft skills. And if you're not familiar with that, that's like good communicator, organized, um, You know, like teachers have so many skills that um, they don't think transfer to remote work, but they do. They have, they manage, you know, they're, they're creative. um, They're very organized. They have to stay on task and on schedule. All of those things are important too in a remote job. So highlight those in your resume and talk about your soft skills, not just your hard skills, because I agree what you said about earlier. It's not always just about their experience. Mm -hmm. It's about their willingness and their drive to do a good job. So someone that's like super eager, has um, a go-getter attitude, who says, you know, I'm resourceful. I learn quickly. I, you know, try to figure things out. I'm not somebody that requires you to hold my hand every day. 
those are all very important and very valuable skills in the remote work world. So if you can highlight those in addition to whatever other skills you have, I think that, and, and express those things in your cover letter too, because I think somebody that's really putting that, those things out there and, and telling them, this is why I think I'd be a great candidate and, you know, list out what you're really good at, how, you know, you're a great communicator, whatever it is that resonates with that job and what you're applying for goes a really a long way. Um, mm-hmm. I'll use my neighbor across the street as an example. I didn't even know she had signed up on Hire My Mom, but she had been a stay-at-home mom for 17 years. And her last was just going off to college. And when she told me she was going to, when I did learn that she was applying, I was a little nervous. I thought, okay, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking in the back of my head, is she going to be able to find work? And she did. And it was really pretty quickly, I think in the first month. Um, and I, you know, talked to her afterwards. I'm like, okay, what do you think was the the key ingredient for you, so to speak? And she said, and I looked at her resume and everything, and she, you know, had her volunteer positions listed. Um, she t- talked about her soft skills. And then in her interview, she was just a great communicator and very um, confident in her skills. She wasn't like, oh, I've been a stay-at-home mom and I really want to work. No, she was like, during my years as a stay-at-home mom, these are the things I did and this is what I can bring you. Maybe not that Mm -hmm. animated, but you know what I'm saying? Like she was just super confident in her skills and she basically sold herself and got the job. Yeah. And I tell people that all the time too. Like, they're like, what skills do I need to have? Or what should I offer? Like, what's going to make me, um, like people want to hire me. And I tell people like it really, if I could pinpoint one thing, like it's not that you have this specific skill. It's not that you know how to do this one thing. The people that I see successful are the people who are resourceful, who are problem solvers, who, you know, if they're like, if I don't know something like I'm, it's okay. I will admit that, but I'm going to figure out, I'm going to try my hardest to figure out the answer and know that there probably is an answer out there before I just come to you. And I remember that was something that I said when I was first being started, you know, I said in my emails that I would send out to clients, I was like, I may not know how to do everything, but what I do know is that I can figure it out and I'm going to try my hardest to get that answer for you. Um, and I have confidence in that. And I think that really spoke to them because again, some, some of these things too, that you, um, that businesses are hiring for, like they might have trainings for you. They might already have a way that they do something and they're look more, more so looking for somebody with, with those soft skills. Um, and I, I feel the same way when I hire people, I'm like, I can train you how to do pretty much yes. anything I've been on. I've been on the flip side of it. So I know how to do a lot of things. I can train you. I want somebody who's willing to like show up, to be resourceful, to put in the hard work. Um, and sometimes that's like, that can be your best selling feature. It doesn't have to be, Oh, I I've designed this website for this person, or I've ran this social media account, or I've gotten these results. It's like, I'm, I'm willing to show up and to put in the work and to help you in the best way that I know how. So, um, I'd love that you yes. shared that story about your neighbor too, because it's proof that you don't have to have all this experience that you truly can get started. And if you have more of those, you know, character traits and those qualities about you, you can be successful. Right. Absolutely. And you highlighting that in your cover letter, just saying, you know, I'm going to figure it out and I'm confident in in my skills and my abilities. I guarantee you that may resonated with the person reading that because that's like gold to a remote business owner because they don't want to have to constantly monitor constantly check in, wonder if you're doing your job, wonder if you could figure it out. You're just kind of 
check the box for them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So as we start to wrap this up, I do want to um, talk about hire my mom and talk about what that could look like for somebody who's listening. And maybe they've tried some other routes. Maybe they haven't been successful, or maybe even just the thought of like putting themselves out there on social media um, or going to a local networking event, like some of the other ways that you can find clients feels a little scary for them. And they're feeling like, okay, I can go to this place and there's going to be people who are posting jobs. Like I'm kind of cutting out the middleman there. And I have a place where I can um, respond to those things, talk to um, them about what that looks like. So how do they get signed up for that? Um, what does that process look like? Is it a fairly fast process to get, you know, to get on there and to, you know, once you said like have their resume and their cover letter, like to start applying for things. So talk to us a little bit about mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So as a job seeker, we have three packages available. And so the first one is a three-day free trial. So all the jobs are visible or the, the last, the most recent 50 are visible on our website. So we want people to realize what types of jobs are out there and is this a good fit for me before they sign up. But not everybody does that. So we do have a free three-day trial. And so people can get in there and start applying and say, yeah, I think this is a good fit. But it's rare that you would get a job that quickly, but we're just trying to let you test it out before you sign up. Um, that converts, if you do stay on, into a monthly $29 a month uh, plan. Then we have another one that's uh, $40 for two months. And then we have one that's, uh, and each one has a little bit more perks, like how many resumes you can have. And the the VIP package is for three months and it is $69. It comes with a t-shirt and unlimited resumes and things like that. So those are the three options. And as soon as you sign up and upload your resume, you can start applying for jobs. Um, so I always tell people, make sure your resume is up to date ready to go before you sign up so that you are getting the most bang for your buck. And like I said, we have people that get a job in a couple of weeks. And then we have people that have been on for three months and don't get jobs. But like I said, the times that I review their materials, almost always it's because they're not putting the effort in to get the job. So if you're putting the effort in, you're selling yourself well, I feel confident that you'll find something eventually. Yeah. And it really too is about that reflective piece. I, I do this all the time. Instead of viewing, like if you applied to something and you didn't hear back or, you know, they told you no, instead of viewing that as a failure and, you know, doing all that negative self-talk where you're saying, oh, like I'm not cut out of this, cut out for this, or I'm not good enough. Or of course they weren't going to hire me. Like turn it around and say, what do I think I could have done better? Like, how can I improve? Let me check over these things. Let me take some of the tips that Leslie talked about and let me really review. Maybe let me have somebody um, else review this before I send this again and, and mm -hmm. do that reflective piece and look at it as a learning and growing experience as opposed to this is a failure. Um, because I believe the only way something is a failure is if you never get started or you give up. If you're continuing right. to put yourself out there, you're growing and learning. Um, and I think those are such amazing affordable options for people again to kind of cut out some of that noise that maybe is out there on some of those other platforms and really to kind of get a better connection right like sometimes mm -hmm. i you know i talk about other ways to find clients and even like with facebook groups like that that too can be a long game a long haul too so being able to kind of take a step out of out of the equation and being able to be you know like you are connected with somebody who's looking for to hire and kind of match you up that way. I love when you said it was like kind of like match.com, but for, <laughs> for moms, I love that. Um, perfect. And um, I've, I, you mentioned a freebie too. So I did want to give you an opportunity to share that with my audience. If they're like, this sounds great. And um, I'm thinking about doing this. And I just want to learn like a little bit more. 
Yeah. So that freebie will outline some of the things we talked about with cover letter resume, but it also talks about uh, the initiative you can take, some interview skills that are great, um, following up. We didn't really touch much on, but that's also important. We've even had people who didn't get hired, but they followed up and kept in touch with the person. And eventually that person didn't work out. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they were, they reach out to this person and say, Hey, are you still interested? We, you know, you were basically our second choice. So, you know, people have gotten jobs that way too. So just got some tips in that freebie, uh, just to help you rise to the top. Awesome. We will link that up in the show notes for everybody. And I really want to thank you for sharing this and even just like opening my eyes to this. Again, I, I, I knew about hire my mom. I knew it was out there. It wasn't a route that I took in the beginning. I kind of had some success elsewhere. Um, but it is something that I want to encourage my audience to look into if they are either like struggling to find jobs or maybe some of the other routes that I mentioned just don't feel like they align with where you are. This is a really great option for you to get started, to kind of get your foot in the door. So I really want to thank you, Leslie, for sharing that with my audience and for starting this and kind of being the pioneer (laughs) behind remote work for moms. Like that is amazing that that is a part of your story and that it's been around for so long and you've um, really advocated for moms who want a different option than the traditional job force. So thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, thank you. It's been my honor and pleasure. Before we wrap up today's episode, I just want you to be so excited about HireMyMom.com and the possibilities for you. You can grab the link in the show notes. That's going to allow you to sign up for HireMyMom.com. And here is a special bonus that I am adding in. If you are a student inside of Road to 1K, that is my mini course that walks you through my five tried and true methods to finding clients. If you are a student, you are going to be getting a brand new bonus training all about HireMyMom how to get signed up, how to use this. So stay tuned for that. Um, But if you are not a student and you want to learn some of the ways that I talk about to find clients, including how to use HireMyMom.com, including the tips that Leslie shared inside of this episode, definitely go grab Road to 1K. It is in the CEO shop, shop shop.aubreymalik.com. You can grab that. I'll link it up in the show notes for you so that you can go get signed up. And then when we add in that bonus training for how to use HireMyMom.com, you can be ready to go. You can walk through that process with us. It's going to be such an amazing training and I'm so excited to bring this to my students and so excited to be able to support Leslie and what she's doing and how she's helping moms. So go grab Road to 1K and then go get signed up for HireMyMom.com. Both of those links can be found in the show notes. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today and I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with me today. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't yet, I would love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode in your Instagram stories and tag me. By sharing and reviewing, you can help spread the message so we can reach more entrepreneurs who are ready to scale their business to new heights. I will see you in the next episode.